Welcome to another episode of the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. I'm so excited to have our guest today because we have so much in common. Okay, Stacy Sadik is going to talk about her business, massive changes that she has made that have an impact. She's going to give you all the insider info and tips and things that she's learned along the way. But my most favorite part of this interview is about how she has used compassion on herself. If this feels like something you need help with, definitely, definitely listen into this one. Hi, my name is Justine Beauregard, and I've been a marketer and sales trainer since 2008. I'm also the founder of Compassionate Marketing, and I'm committed to delivering you fresh perspectives about branding, marketing, and selling that will change how you do business for the better. Each week, you'll be given tips, strategies, insights, and interviews that leave you feeling clear on your next steps and your simplest path to success as an entrepreneur. Let's dive right into this week's episode. You're listening to the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. Stacy, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, all the amazing things about you. First of all, thank you so much um, for meeting with me and talking to me today. Um, I am what I call a corporate reject. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was in corporate for over 20 years, from receptionist all the way to strategic HR um, partner. So I've seen the highs and lows of implementing goals that didn't work out and some goals that, you know, advanced a lot further than anybody expected. With that, there was a lot of failures and a lot of hiccups. And when I left corporate, I, I guess I should say why I left corporate, I was in a position where I felt I could have a career or I could have a family, but I couldn't have both. And I really wanted to be able to work from home, be with my little one, and have the best of both worlds. So, like, I have all this experience. I'm going to share my knowledge and inspire others to do the same. They really can have the best of both worlds. So, I apply all that knowledge. And now, I help other online business moms create their own strategies and teach them how to create their own so they can take their ideas to launch without all the overwhelm and hiccups and frustration that comes with um, implementing big goals. Yeah. So what I find so interesting in that, well, first of all, I think so many entrepreneurs can relate. When I started as an entrepreneur, I did feel like that was my only way to have the best of both worlds. So it's so interesting that you say that. What would you say is like the very first thing that you did that made the biggest difference when you had your business? Like what was the one strategy or thing that made you shift and go, okay, that was the best thing I've done so far? It wasn't until I looked at what I did in corporate, which was we always analyzed things. We always went back and said, what worked? What didn't work? How can we improve this? And then it dawned on me. If I wasn't failing, I wasn't growing. Mm. So now I look at failing, embrace it. I want you to fail. I want others to fail. Because that means you are stepping outside of your comfort zone, which is kind of cliche. It's an overused term. Yeah. But if you're not failing, you're not growing. And what a beautiful thing to grow. Yeah. I think there's almost two strategies in that because 
there's one strategy, which is embrace the failure, right? Lean into it, dig out the lessons in it. But then there's also that strategy of what have I done that's worked? And so you looked back at the corporate experience because that is what felt proven and like it worked and that companies everywhere have figured out something to be able to overcome failure and to be able to create massive results. So digging into that experience, even though it's completely unrelated to what you were doing at the time, how can I use that past experience and those past wins and successes that I've achieved and apply them in new ways to my own position, to my own business, to my own brand, to my own evolution as a business owner? That's so great. And it even goes back further in time. Um, yeah. So Thomas Edison. Yeah. I think he created what the light bulb by accident. Yeah. It was and, like a thousand tries before. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, um, Alexander Graham Bell created the telephone by accident. He yeah. failed at what he went to go do and he created something beautiful. Yes. Right. So it's been with us. We just, there's a connotation that failure is bad. The only time we really fail um, is when we don't take action. It, it's kind of part of the process. And when you're failing, as long as you're not quitting, mm -hmm. you can still succeed. Like, I think we, it's so interesting how I've noticed many of my clients are in this place where they put themselves in a box like they set this crazy deadline, this unrealistic deadline where they just kind of pull it like a rabbit out of a hat. They're like, I don't even know. I've never done this before, but I'm going to do it in a week. Right. And they set this like really aggressive goal and then they miss the goal and they're like, okay, I failed. So I'm a failure. Like they take that on as an identity. So they take that on as a persona and they identify as a failure instead of just saying, okay, so I didn't hit this in a week. So doing those evaluations and saying, what did I do in the week? Why didn't I hit the goal? What could I do? And instead of like feeling really stuck in their own self-imposed deadline, just being like, okay, so what if I do this in two weeks instead? Who cares, mm -hmm. right? It's an extra week. And in the grand scheme of things, it's really not a big deal. But because we get so stuck on these thoughts of the dates that we set and so stuck on this idea of who we should be in order to achieve the goal. Like I should be someone who does this in a week, but it's like, what if you're not, what if that's part of your process? What if it takes you two weeks? Who cares? Now, you know, now you can plan for it. And maybe you make it a goal to get to the week fulfillment timeframe in a couple of months or, you know, however long it takes you as you get better and more efficient and more skilled at that process. But when we're just starting out, part of our biggest reason for failing is just our perception of what that means to fail. And also these crazy lofty expectations that we put on ourselves. We look at people that we idolize and we look up to that we want to be just like, and we only focus on where they're at today, we don't consider about the 10,000 times that they failed getting there. Yes. Amy Porterfield, she, her first course launch, I think she earned just over $200. Yeah. Right? Look at her now, though. She's used everything she's learned, and look at her now. 
Well, and it's so interesting because I talk about examples like her, these seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs who are super successful in their industry. And part of the issue is that the people watching them, they want their current reality to be their current reality. So they feel in order to match that, they have to match the actions. But also with these entrepreneurs being so removed now, like they've got teams of people. One of my favorite stories is somebody asked Chrissy Teigen, how do you have such an amazing body after having two kids and, you know, all of this? And she goes, hello, I'm rich. I have personal trainers, personal chefs, nutritionists, people, you know, private gym memberships, equipment in my home. Like I have all the time in the world during the day and my entire life and career is based around looking like this. I'm a model. You can't expect a normal person with two kids who's working a full-time job, who has family obligations, who doesn't have the budget for gym memberships, you know, trainers, nutritionists, all these people to have that same amount of bounce back. But at the same time, think of the pressure she feels to be beautiful every day, to work out every day, to care for her body to that level of extreme, to be able to show up and a month after she gives birth, be back in a size two, right? It's, there's pressure on both sides. And if we're feeling bad about something guaranteed, someone else is feeling bad about something else in their business. The way that we failed is our way right now, but guaranteed Amy Porterfield and Chrissy Teigen are having failure all over the place at their level of success in a totally different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I know last week, so I'm, I talked to you previously and I'm launching a course and I know, you know, other coaches are doing the same and it's like, oh, I just landed four or five new clients. And when I really felt I needed to show myself compassion is when I was seeing all these things. And mind you, these are successful women that I surround myself with. Yes. And I had yet to get one person to sign up or to set up a call. And it was in that moment, I'm like, wait a minute. I could sit here and beat myself up and talk about how everything I'm doing is not working. And I just had to do, whoa, time out. What I need right now is compassion for myself. And it was once I showed myself, okay, I've done some work, just let it be and not give up, but just kind of let it be that's when things really started to open up for me. Yeah, it's so interesting because group programs and communities can be really powerful when they're inspiring to you, when you're feeling motivated by watching other people win in the same industry, but they can also be really depleting and defeating depending on your energy that you bring into that environment. So if you're looking to other people as models of what's possible. And you're like, this is so inspiring. I love seeing these women book calls. It proves that I can book calls. It proves that I can get sales. Like I'm going to push 10 times harder because I want to be at their level and I'm seeing what they're doing. And I know I can do it too. And I believe in me, or you can kind of see that as, well, they're scooping up everybody and I have no opportunities now. Right. So like you can look at it both ways. And I think that is why I love compassion so much because it's not just compassion for other people. You can also turn it back on you and say, you know what? I'm doing great things too. And I love me and I'm going to give me a little bit of grace today, or I'm going to 
you know, push myself harder until it doesn't feel good. And then I'm going to take a step back and reflect on that and just allow myself some space to just be with myself, be with this process, maybe do an evaluation, maybe ask one of those people who are crushing it and hitting all their goals, like have a little bit of humility in that and go to them and say, oh my gosh, I love how you're sharing all of your wins. Like I'm in the same place, but I'm not getting as much traction. I'd love to hear one or two things if you'd be willing to share. And most people are like super transparent and kind and willing to share all of the things they're doing because no two people are the same. And you can take that and completely rejig it to fit who you are. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because when we set something out to achieve and we go back and it's like, what did I really achieve? It's within those that we can say, look, I just learned a new email system last week because my technology failed. True story. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, or I just tried something new and I posted this and I got like a hundred comments on it even if you got 20 comments right now, because I know Facebook is up and down right now, take that as a win. You tried something new and and you learned from it. And we really need to start focusing on those little wins. And sometimes as a mom, sometimes a win is I got the dishes done. Yeah, I was going to say I showered today. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And even if you did nothing in business, but you got the dishes done or you managed to make your bed, I'm celebrating you. Are you loving this content? If you are, I can guarantee you're going to love the Compassionate Marketing Collective. In it, you'll get a library of marketing resources, live weekly calls, 24-7 access to feedback and guidance, peer-to-peer accountability and support, and members-only events and trainings. You're going to love it in there. Visit growthmindsetmarketers.com today for details or click the link in the show notes. I'll see you inside. Oh, I'm so curious. Do you build that sort of like self-reflection and self-praise into your course? Is that something that you've thought of with all the people that you're serving and forgetting to do that? Like every Friday, I do this in my group program. Every Friday, you have to celebrate yourself. You celebrate a win. You share a lesson learned to elevate the conversation and make sure that other people are not just seeing and hearing about it, but you're also forcing that time to pause and reflect on all the amazing things you've created because in a week's time there's always a win no matter how big or small always a win and I do it in my uh, private Facebook group I definitely do it in the courses in my live Q&A sessions and then also when I'm meeting with my one-on-one coach or clients the one question I ask all the time is how can I celebrate you this week Yes, I love that. That's awesome. They're like, oh. Because we always think of helping others and doing onto others, but we neglect us. And we're not even going to go into the whole self-care thing today because that's a completely different topic. Yeah, and, but it's important. But it's a very important. If we talk to others the way we talk to ourselves, we'd have no friends. <laughs> unless you're really good at self-talk and (laughs) self-care yeah yeah but the things that we say when we don't achieve something oh I'm not meant to succeed or would you ever say that to your friend yeah right so why do we say it to ourselves 
why do we go instantly to the positive with other people and then not to ourselves? Like ourselves is always the self-deprecating language. Mm. We want to help people feel good. Yes. And we we do, right? Um, And as a coach and as a friend, um, I'll call you out on your BS. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, And a good friend won't just always agree with you. They're going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm. And you need to do that as a coach too. You know, what's so interesting. Since I started coaching, I have noticed my default settings drastically change. So mm-hmm. I used to default to this really like cheerleader type language with friends when they say, you know, I didn't hit a goal or I missed this or whatever. And my, my comment was always like, you've got this, you keep going. Like it was always just this very positive reinforcing thing. And now as a coach, I feel like I'm doing them a disservice. If I do that, I'm always thinking in my brain, like, why I'm really getting curious with that. Like, why, why do you think you missed that? Or what, what could you do differently next time? Or what are you telling yourself about that? And I'm coaching them because that's now my default in life with friends, family, you know, clients, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm always getting curious and diving deeper into that because I feel like there is way more power in the honest curiosity than there is in the automatic, you've got this. It almost feels like the definition of insanity. Like you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. If your friend keeps coming to you and saying, I keep missing my goal. I keep failing. I keep doing this. And you're just like, you've got it. Keep going. But they're like, I don't got it. You know, like after so many times, they're just like, I keep doing this and I can't figure it out. Like something bigger is happening here. Yeah. It's um, interesting because immediately what I thought of is when you try to give other people advice and tips, right? Yes. It's so quick and so easy to say, oh, just do it this way next time. But not every fight is yours to handle. So sometimes the best thing is just to listen. Yes. I think always the best thing is to listen. Right? And let them find their own way. Yeah. But as a coach, it's also our responsibility to say, okay, You're going to go achieve this. What do you need to know about it? Yes. And when we're goal setting, we're like, yeah, I'm going to launch a website in a week. What we don't think about is what resources, what people do I need to do this? What information am I really needing? And so we try to do it in a week and then we get stuck or we're in a rush or we're in a hurry and we miss the key pieces to the puzzle. If you've ever made a puzzle, you know what that one last piece is like. Yeah. It, completes, it completes it, right? Um, so a lot of times our strategies is missing one piece of the puzzle. And we beat, beat ourselves up because we're missing that one piece. And we don't even realize it was one simple piece. Every day we're given more pieces of the puzzle. One of our biggest strengths as entrepreneurs is the ability to discern which of these pieces fits best inside the puzzle to make everything come together and click. We get into this mode of just, I'm stuck. 
And we can't answer it for ourselves because we're so close to it. It's like we're zoomed in on this one missing piece. So we can't see the rest of the puzzle. And we don't even see the new pieces that we have or the pieces around the edge that are available to us. We're only seeing the missing piece and we're focused so intently on it. We're like, I can't just fill this empty space. I don't know what to do with this. And so the power of being curious is taking the lens way back to the bird's eye view and being able to say like, oh my gosh, I had this piece the whole time. It's the perfect fit, right? And that's often what I do as a coach and what I'm sure you do as a coach is be able to bring them back so that they can see all of the pieces they have available to them so clearly. And they get to just pick it up and put it in and go, oh yeah, that was easy, right? It, But it's a process that you know, we're trained to do that. So we know how to help people do it because we trained ourselves on how to do it. And so when you're in that place of stuckness, you may not see it, but it is still there. Remember how I said, like, I just needed to just step back, just step back and let it be. And it was because I was getting too emotionally involved and too in there. And I was choosing my heart. We always choose our heart, right? Yeah. And it wasn't until I stepped back and be like, oh, I'm making this a lot harder than it needs to be. I just need to get out there and tell people this is what I'm offering. Who needs it? Um, so is there, I'm curious, is there a sort of like a trigger or something that you use as a tool even to create that level of awareness within your own self and in your own business? Like, I'm noticing that I'm getting too emotionally attached to this, or I'm noticing that I'm choosing hard. Like, how do you do that? What is the thing that you do that people can maybe who are listening, who are stuck or feeling like it is really hard? What can they use to like, it's almost like snap yourself out of it and just go, okay, it's time to do this. How do you know when to do that? Um, I talk about overwhelm all the time and I had to explore what, who is Stacy when she's overwhelmed? And this is that go, 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 go attitude. Oh, that's good. Uh, and so, um, and I'm a go-getter. I'm a high achieving go-getter and I don't stop until I burn out. Mm, that's dangerous. It, very dangerous. And so now every morning I have to check in, how am I feeling today? Do I need I a little that. bit more meditation? Do I need a little bit more mom time out? Um, and we really need to listen to what we're saying. Yes. Like what our body is trying to tell us. Your body, it will tell us signs way before we get exhausted. Yes. We neglect to tune in. And so now I've kind of taught myself and said, what am I feeling this moment? What am I really feeling? And that's the question. What am I really feeling right now? Yes. And if I'm overwhelmed, I should like step back. What is it? Am I trying to be in too many places at once? So a lot of coaches will say, write down a lot of the coaches that I've worked with will say, write down who you are when you hit your goal. Like, let's say that you have a goal of, let's say someone listening has the goal of hitting six figures in their business, right? Cause that's a really popular one. So we say, okay, you want to hit six figures. Who do you need to be to get to that level of your business? 
right? And then you write down all the things. Like I'm someone who's hyper-organized, who has processes, who's outsourced things that I don't enjoy that, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And you kind of write down all those things of identifying who you are as that person. What I love about what you said is you almost want to do it in that way and also identifying who you cannot be in order to hit those goals, right? Like there's two sides of the coin. There's the amazing person who is a go-getter, who uses the best parts of that go-getter persona to go get the goals. But then there's also the sort of like devil's advocate side, the person who's like, I am also a go-getter, but I am a go-getter to the extreme where I am going to force you to get to the place where you are so defeated, you sink into a puddle at the end of the day and you feel awful in your life. Like these are the two versions of me. So when you start to realize and really map out, like, what does this person look like? What does she do? What does she sound like? And so you almost have triggers for yourself when you hear yourself saying a certain phrase in your head, or when you feel in your body, a specific way, you're like, Oh, I'm being the bad version of the go-getter. Like, let me put that in check. Let me check in with how I'm feeling. Let me ask myself what I need and put these two personas against each other and go, okay, so I'm going to choose the better one. That person in this situation would do X, Y, or Z. And you move right into that space. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, one of the hardest things I've learned um, over the years as an entrepreneur, and I've always kind of dabbled into entrepreneurship, is I've had to learn boundaries. Not so much yes. boundaries with others, but boundaries with myself. Mm-hmm. I was always that yes girl, right? go get her in corporate and so when i become became sorry an entrepreneur i had to learn to say no stacy you don't need to do this anymore yeah and that was so hard yes i felt like if i was saying no i was gonna fail them or fail who i wanted to become yes and so when we talk about boundaries we also have to consider what kind of boundaries am I setting for myself so I don't end up being the person that gets burnt out, the person that does, you know, a version of yourself you don't want to go down again. I found this stat. 70% of employees who ask for a raise receive one, which blew my mind. It totally blew my mind. And I wrote, if I had knew this when I worked in corporate America, I would have asked for more raises. But here's what I did instead. Took on more work and felt resentful of working late. Said yes when I was far past my limits and felt burnt out. Neglected myself and then felt horrible about how I looked. I did these things because I believed that by setting boundaries, I would be less valuable as an employee. People are going to respect you more when you have boundaries. The very individuals that question your nose, those are the ones you need to set a boundary with. Yes. Because you haven't given them a reason to respect you. So true. Right? And that kind of goes for kids too. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a whole nother podcast episode. It's true though. It's true. When you, when someone says to you, like, can you do this? And you keep doing it. You have to expect at some point, if you don't stand up for yourself, you will be trapped in a cycle of despair. And that's why it's so important to pick your environment and the people that you spend your time with. Yeah. And I want to challenge all the people pleasers that are listening, because I know there's a few that are listening. Tell yourself, no, 
just try to tell yourself no today. Oh, so good. Just, just try. No, I don't really need that thing. No, I don't need to help you. No, I don't need to go out of my way to X, Y, Z. Just, just try once, just once, and then come back and let Justine know how it made you feel. Yes. And let Stacy know. So this is such a good segue. Where can people find you and find out about your amazing course and your Facebook group and let you know about them saying no, because you're the one who gave them the challenge. So I want them to reach out to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you can find me on my website, www.stacysadic.com. I'll spell that. S-T-A-C-I-E. S A D E K. <laughs> That's it. I just changed my last name, so bear with me if I had to think. I'm like, it. it's her real name, people. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still getting used to my last name, so bear with me. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook at the Strategic Business Mom. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything that we didn't cover? Any nugget of wisdom or any big epiphany that you've had that you really wanted to share with the audience to just leave them with that last final gem? Yeah. Okay. So a couple really quick, quick tips. Great. I love this. We are too quick to drop the whole idea and try something new. Do you consider it may have only been one or two pieces that you are missing? This is coming from a coach that has changed her niche three times. And I was missing one or two key things previously. Yes. And funny where I'm at now is what I started with. So that is what, what a great example. What a great example. So I came full circle after all this mind drama and all these changes and all these stalls to my progress. I ended back where I started. (laughs) And I was just missing one or two pieces in, in all honesty. Yes. Um, we, we don't like to research. We don't like to spend the time, but we really need to set aside time, figure out what is working and what isn't working. And sometimes it's, it's as small as a word or two in your key messages. Sometimes mm. it isn't that simple. Um, are, are you speaking that- about that from experience? Like, was there one or two words that you added to your message? I'm having a feeling that that is what happened. So instead of saying, oh, do you suffer from this? I was missing the emotional tie-in in the key messages. Mm. So give us an example. On a scale of one to 10, how frustrating is it when you don't achieve your goals? The key word frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we, we neglect to include that emotional tie-in. Well, and especially as someone who works with females who are very attuned to their emotions, I'm sure that's such an important way for your clients to really feel into that and raise their hand and go, that resonates with me so much more deeply because I'm very in tune with my frustration. Whereas if you appealed to like general entrepreneurs, they might have loved the first message because they're just always on the go and answering things quickly. So it's very interesting it definitely depends on who you serve and understanding them more deeply. That must've been so helpful. Yeah. And then when it comes to goal strategies, and I'm talking like kind of bigger ones, map it out, map out the key points so that when you're going back to revisit it, 
you can go under each one and say, all right, what are my wins? What needs to be revisited here? What didn't quite jive? Mm, with each element, with each milestone, I'm picturing like one of those kind of timeline there's a big yeah. arrow pointing to the future and there's all the little dots along the way and you just kind of map out every individual thing that you did. And it's so great because there's always a win and there's always a not so great element of each thing that you do, I'm sure. There's always a lesson. There's always a learning. There's always something. Yeah. And we tend to evaluate and look at things as a whole, but what is that saying? A whole is the sum of all the little parts. Or yes. There's a quote along those lines. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we look at it as a whole when, in fact, we need to really break it down and think, oh, it was just in this one little area I need to fix, not yes. the whole thing. So those are my top key points. So good. Okay. So everyone needs to connect with you. So stacysaddick.com. It's going to be spelled in the show notes, in the description, all of that. <laughs> so you don't get confused, but it's Stacy with an I-E. And then S-A-D-E-K. Thank you again so much. This has been full of little gems and amazing perspectives that I think are going to help so many people. So thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for the opportunity. That wraps up this week's episode. If you loved what you heard here, please take a moment and leave an honest review. And if you want to quickly identify and solve for what's blocking your success, go watch my free training, Uncap Your Income. In under 30 minutes, you will get the exact action items you need to hit your next big goal. Click the link in the show notes or visit growthmindsetmarketers.com to watch right now.